climbing is sort of the perfect children's sport. It combines it combines all your senses all at once. It's touch, it's feel, it, it's it, it's just keeping yourself engaged and focused while also getting you that ability to explore and just play around with things. Because there's there's no one way up up the wall, and every every person's going to do it a little differently, and every climb is going to be a little different. And so you just have this constant ability to just play and explore. Welcome to the Movable Podcast, where we interview using education, movement, and play from around the world. With your host, my daddy, Brian Lane. Today we are highlighting a local business in the Rochester area that has been open since 1995. Their facility offers a 10,000 square feet of rock climbing, 2,400 square feet of lead climbing, and an indoor high ropes course. Our guest today is the program director of the Adaptive Climbing Program, a climbing coach, and the general manager of Rock Ventures Climbing Gym, John Schnaufer. John, thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks, Brian. I'm super happy to be here. Yeah, good. Glad to have you. So before we even get into anything, can you give us a little bit of a, of a background of yourself, maybe as a climber or what you do at Rock Ventures? Sure. Uh, so I started climbing, uh, about eight or nine years ago, uh, just in college, uh, and was immediately drawn to just the community aspect of it. I always enjoyed hiking and being outdoors. I was always an outdoorsy person. I was a boy scout growing up and climbing just added a lot of dimensions to that, um, and put a lot of people in the same building. Whereas in hikers, it's kind of hard. It seems like it's hard to meet hikers. You're always out on your own kind of thing. You don't really get to combine each other. True. Yeah, right. And so climbing put everybody in the same building and you really just got to share interests with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been the uh, general manager of Rock Ventures for three years now. Um, uh, It's it's my second year uh, as a New York State climbing guide. Uh, I also teach outdoor education at RIT um, oh. in their climbing and hiking courses. Uh, and this is my second year as a uh, USA climbing coach. Um, okay. I think climbing for me, it's the epitome of both a physical and mental strength. You yeah. have to have both in order to have a good day of climbing. Yep. Um, and for me, that just led to finding a lot of balance in life in general um, and being able to be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I have a uh, master's in adventure education, and oh, I have cool. a little bit of a background in that area, but not yeah. as ex- not nearly as extensive as you as climbing. But I see all those same all the same values that you see in it. And I think it's really cool. I didn't know that you were a outdoor ride instructor at RIT. Yeah, you want to talk about yeah. that at all. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's probably one of the more fun aspects of, of just my life in general. Um, I get yeah. into lead outdoor trips. Uh, I was a whitewater guide, uh, was probably the first guiding job I ever had in Pennsylvania. Um, I did that for uh, probably about five years. Uh, still do it occasionally. Um, and just the guiding aspect, I always loved because you just get to take people out of their normal day-to-day life and show mm-hmm. them something totally 
totally different, something that they totally didn't know existed or maybe knew existed, but never thought it was going to be for them. Yeah. Uh, and show them that those things are achievable and that you can go out and you can do those things and you can explore in a different way. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, it's a little bit just being in the business of fun. It's getting to take people out and show them a different experience or, or uh, get them outside of their comfort zone. And, and I think that's a blast. Yeah, that's huge. And we're, we're going to spend some time later today talking about younger kids, but that's awesome that you're doing that with older students. I guess you'd call them older, but sure. <laughs> I mean, but like kids at RIT. <laughs> yeah. RIT is interesting to me because it's an engineering school. So you wouldn't, I wouldn't expect RIT to have an outdoor ed course. So what, what types of students do you get in there? What types of backgrounds are they coming in with or what, oh, what majors are, do they have? All over. I, and climbing yeah. specifically, um, climbing specifically is a puzzle. It's a mental puzzle mm -hmm. and a physical puzzle. And so it really draws that technological crowd. Engineers flock to climbing mm, because it is just a puzzle. And it, you, it's, you have to kind of figure out how your body's going to move throughout this puzzle. Um, mm. And I think the community aspect plays a big part in that too. Uh, RIT has their, own, has their own climbing gym in the Red Barn. And okay. you get to just meet people who are uh, in their own, you know, of, of different majors and different backgrounds. And you kind of are, you know, you're forced to be in the same spot. And so I think mm -hmm. not only does getting the students outside excite me, but getting them to just interact with each other, you know, in, in, in the outdoor climbing classes where you have a Blair and a climber. And same thing with at Rock Ventures, you have a Blair and a climber. And we take, we have school groups and things like that all the time. You just you just really get to bond really well. Yep, and I've noticed that same thing. I did a lot of work for my masters down in Massachusetts at the Project Adventure headquarters. Okay, I know where that and, is. Uh, I noticed the same thing. We would do like just even a two day course where we were there for two days, and by the end of that second day, it was like you knew those people for a lifetime. Yeah, just because of the types of challenges that we were given, and like you said, stepping outside of your comfort zone. It's amazing totally. how that works. I did a, um, I did a, a, a swift water um, instructor course there. And like just, okay. just the people you meet in taking those courses is just like, you know, I still, I still am in contact with those people and, and, yeah. and you kind of just get to build this cool relationship. Yeah, that's cool. I never would have put that together with engineers and rock climbing. I mean, that's. Oh, it's a match made in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. And, and just the idea of that challenge, you have the challenge in front of you, you have to figure out how you're going to complete it, but then adding the physical part of it, it's got to almost feel like a stress reliever to some of them to be able to complete, to complete a mental challenge physically, which is cool. Yeah. And I, I, I don't have a bachelor's in engineering. I have associate's degree in engineering. So I, I understand okay. uh, the ability to create, a, to solve one of those problems within, um, you know, uh, maybe eight to 10 minutes versus <laughs> versus 30 or so, uh, depending yeah. on, on what it is. So I think having that achievable bit is really nice and gives you a nice sense of accomplishment. Yeah, that's cool. We talked a little bit about the older kids, I guess, but why, why should kids in general climb? Why do you think? Um, youth, youth climbing really has exploded in the mm. last few years. Climbers as young as 11 or 12 are featured in climbing documentaries uh, and on a national competition level for a while. Um, and I think truly climbing is sort of the perfect children's sport. 
it combines it combines all your senses all at once it's touch Mm. it's feel it's it's just keeping yourself engaged and focused um while also getting you that ability to explore and just play around with things because there's there's no one way up up the wall and every every person's going to do it a little differently and every climb is going to be a little different and so you just have this constant ability to just play and explore uh, it also it also goes into that mental aspect where kids are really sort of fearless. The amount of times that I see a kid climbing with a parent um, and and you know the kid flies up thirty feet without even yeah. you know without even thinking twice about it. Uh, whereas yeah. adults when they climb, you know they tend to they they tend to know what it's like to get hurt, and so mm-hmm. and so you start to you start to get a little bit more more. Uh, uneasy after you uh, get a little higher up the wall, mm-hmm. uh, but they're just fearless. Um, in addition to that, kids have just the flexibility uh, and the kind of like freedom of movement for them to just grasp it so naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, often movements are so much more intuitive to a younger climber because they're just used to thinking differently and adapting so quickly. Uh, mm-hmm just like it's easier for a younger brain to learn a language climbing mm-hmm. is so much easier for kids because it's this body language. It's like a dance that yeah. just comes more naturally to them. Hmm. Now, do you see, do kids tend to want to climb high at the beginning or do they, what do they more feel comfortable bouldering or is it all over the place? It definitely depends. Um, yeah. I, there's no, there's no, there's no perfect um, there's no perfect solution or perfect age when it comes to introducing the kids to height. Um, mm-hmm. In general, I think more most are more uh, excited about top rope climbing than bouldering um, because it's it's really one of the only it's one of the only circumstances where you fall but don't hit the ground. Yeah, <laughs> Whereas sure. in bouldering, you're gonna hit the ground, and that, that's sometimes actually a little more shaking, even though it's from not very mm-hmm. high. Yep. Um, Kids also really enjoy the aspect of repelling. And so mm. coming down yep. uh, makes that process more repeatable. Um, for, for, the, for some of the younger kids that I climb, sometimes we're doing the climb for the repel. <laughs> you know, it's almost like they are more excited for that part <laughs> to yeah. go through the climb. And then that slowly starts to build. They start to see both dimensions of it. And then they start to bo- enjoy both sides of it. Um, yeah. I, I definitely think somewhere around that, like, four to five age group is when is when they probably probably like that four to five age group they're still a little timid even just putting on harness mm-hmm. whereas like from five to seven it, it's it's either they are never going to look down they're just going to go yep. up and, and and enjoy the whole thing and they might be a little timid at first but that mm-hmm. age group has no problem when it comes to introducing the height and things like that and you just yeah, take it in sense. steps Every, everybody has a different ceiling to start out. So you go a little higher each time and you just go one more. Yeah. I can imagine it would be more stressful for the parents probably watching their kids climbing up <laughs> than the kids themselves. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Um, uh, if, you, if you're coming to at least, if you're coming to Rock Ventures, uh, we go through a class and make sure the parents know how to operate ropes and things like that. Um, and and uh, I, I think it sometimes parents are more nervous because they're like, I'm in charge of I'm in charge of making sure my kid's safe here and everything's okay. Yeah. Um, but we keep a close eye, so we, we know we know that everything everything's safe. Yeah. Um, but I think the kids are are oftentimes 
in both scenarios, less less fearful than the parents are. They're excited mm-hmm. to go up and they trust the system and, and they're happy to happy to give it a go. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's what I love about it too, is you're once they have that harness on, they really have the freedom to choose any path they want to take. They can challenge themselves in any way they want to challenge themselves without someone Absolutely. there kind of walking right next to them. Exactly. And 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 the, and truly, just because their bodies are are smaller, things are a little easier. You know, if mm-hmm. uh, those who have climbed before will know, sometimes you have to put your whole body weight on a very small little tiny chip of plastic or chip of rock that you don't want to trust your whole body weight on. But True. for them, their feet are so much smaller and they're able to just kind of put their foot there and really know that they're going to be okay. And, and um, adults tend to think about the fall mm. and kids really don't ever think about the fall. They think about the climb. And I think that's a huge benefit that they have. Yeah, and also a huge benefit to get them started. That's another reason why you should try to get them started younger like that. That sure. way they can associate that with a good thing and not be fearful the first time they do it. Yeah, absolutely. I have a I have a niece who's turning three next month, and this will be her first harness gift from, from me. <laughs> awesome. Do you have an age minimum where they have to be a certain age to belay each other? Our belay age minimum is 13. 13 okay. is, is when we feel comfortable having having them learn how to belay and operate the ropes themselves. Because mm-hmm. I've noticed personally, anytime I've ever belayed someone, that's almost more rewarding to me than the climbing part. Just sure. because like you said, like the, whether you're a parent or a friend or you don't even know the person, the fact that that person's trusting, seemingly trusting you with their life <laughs> and you may not even feel like you know what you're doing, but hey, let's do this. Let's take care of them. I mean, it's a it's a very re- rewarding feeling because it's kind of scary for the belayer, I think. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's sharing in the achievement because right. one of them can't do it without the other. I mean, if, if you've, if I'm sure people have seen the famous free solo movie by Alex Honnold, that's a really popular one. Mm-hmm. The, in general, no climbing is like that. And I, and I know from me working at a climbing gym and the employees at Rock Ventures, when that movie came out, everybody kind of came in and was like, have you seen this movie? It's like, yes, we don't do that. Yeah, you're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a, a whole different level. But yeah. you really do with your belayer, you get to share the achievement. You, mm-hmm. you can't do it without them. And a lot of times, um, there's a saying in climbing, which is it's always easier from the ground. And so even though a climber may be skilled and know what they're going to know how to do the movement, it's a totally different thing to be trying to do that 30 feet or 40 feet above the ground. Um, So you have to having that teammate to kind of point out the obvious in some cases, or just kind of give you some encouraging steps or, or maybe help them think about it in a different way. True. Makes a, makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, speaking of free solo, I know obviously you're not going to have kids doing that kind of stuff, but how, how different <laughs> is it taking taking kids, whether they're younger or older, taking them outside to climb? How different is that situation? Uh, truly, um, if you, I would, I would recommend if you're going to do it for the first time ever, if you yourself have never outdoor climbed, looking for a guide or looking for somebody, to, looking for somebody to help um, help foster some of that knowledge to make sure you're doing it safely. But mm-hmm. as far as the climb goes, very little or very, very little is different, especially yeah. for kids, um, because there is that fact, uh, fact finding, you know, you're just you're just touching and feeling and trying to find out what's what feels right and to mm-hmm. progress yourself upwards. 
And for kids, it doesn't really change from an indoor to an outdoor setting. You know, okay. they're not focused on routes very early on. They're not focused on uh, following a color, you know, to, to achieve a give difficulty. They are worried about going up. They want to get to the top, and that is the goal. And mm-hmm. outdoor climbing, that really is what it's like. You know, Mother Nature is is this is the person who's making sure that it is as hard or as easy as it is. Yeah. And so you just get to you get to touch and you get to feel. And I think that's why it's so in, in, intriguing for both kids and adults is because it takes away any restrictions or rules that are really there, and you you really just get to explore uh with 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 just feeling rock and trying to understand what is the best way for me to go about this and you learn mm-hmm. a lot of that and a lot of those skills in a gym um but getting on rock is is definitely different but i think it it doesn't have that same difficulty or, or hurdle going going from indoor to outdoor as a lot of people think mm-hmm. i just see so much growth happen and so many people including myself just spending a little bit of time doing that kind of stuff because like oh, you said you're I mean, you're fully immersed in it and the, you have the challenge there. You also have the sensory experience. It's just, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I don't think enough people get the opportunity to experience that, unfortunately. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, one thing that we're, we're hoping to do at Rock Ventures, at least in the next uh, year or so, is um, uh, do some outdoor, uh, outdoor trips with the community. Um, Mm -hmm. because it's just, it, it feels like a giant hurdle. You know, there's a lot of safety concerns, how you do certain things. And, and, um, we want to try and build a community that, uh, you know, if if you say that you climb rock ventures, you're going to know what you're doing. And, and that's, that's really what we want to foster is that ability to share knowledge between members, um, Mm -hmm. and to be able to do fun things together by going outside and doing all that. That's why I fell in love with climbing in the first place. Can you explain the things you've witnessed as far as kids and adults growing in their confidence after climbing or during climbing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really, it's about like in, achieving, achieving the, the impossible, or at least what seems to be the impossible. Yeah. Um, anyone climbs the first time they'll start out either, either a little fearful or maybe a little anxious uh, but often excited, they're, you know, they're, yeah. they, they came climbing because they had an intrigue in it and they're interested in it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but almost like clockwork, about 12 or 15 feet up, people tend to slow down and you see huh. movement, movement slows down. Um, okay. that, that 12 to 15 feet is where our brain has naturally built this, um, this fear of, of heights, you know, it's, it's that, it's that height difference. If you look down, you're going to say, okay, that's probably going to hurt a little bit. <laughs> so that 12 to 15 feet, people slow down. They tend to, they tend to take things a little bit more cautiously. Uh, and maybe they'll take a couple breaks in between that. And as they keep going hmm. and then again, right before they reach the top, probably about two or three steps from the top, they'll stop and they'll kind of have that. You can see it in their eyes where they're just like, yeah. maybe I'm, maybe I'm done. Maybe I'm going to come yeah. down. Maybe I'm not going to go to the top. <laughs> a little bit of doubt right before right before the end yeah um but then they but then they either get they get a you know a boost from the blair or they you know get a get a little kick of adrenaline to keep them going to the last top and then just the infectious smile that they get on um, you know after they've gotten to the top of that that is that's what keeps people climbing it's hmm. you, you you just want to keep doing it over and over again yeah um 
and there's just so many different uh, um, difficulties of climbs and wall types um, that you just you always have something to challenge any type of ability. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so cool. Again, like I don't think enough kids and adults get to experience that feeling, that same feeling mm-hmm. that you're talking about when you've. And it, and it doesn't matter what the height is. It doesn't matter if it's an eight foot climb or a 15 foot climb or even higher it, because the challenge is going to be appropriate for you because you get to choose it. Yeah. So it's just really cool that you get that people get to experience that, but I wish more people could do that. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think it's always been sort of my goal is, is, is that you can anybody can, can really do that. You, yeah. anybody can, can feel that. And Climbing is really one of those special sports where, luckily, thankfully, we are in a city where you have access to a lot of that. Um, and it's just, it's it's very cool to see people who uh, are experiencing it for the first time. Um, and, and even more so to have them experience it with people who have been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just, it just continues that in- infectious excitement for both sides of it, from all experience levels. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because kind of like you were, what you were saying before, it, it is, it's looked at as an individual sport, but it's not just because of that shared experience that the belayer has with you and not even just the belayer, everyone that's around you. So even though yeah. one person is achieving their goal or reaching their goal, whatever it was, there's, it's a shared experience, which is, which is great. Absolutely. And even, even bouldering, which, which if, if people don't know bouldering, bouldering is usually a uh, um, it's a lesser height. It's usually about uh, maximum about 12 to 15 feet. And they're usually more powerful movements. So it's, it's what we kind of consider like almost like the strength training of climbing, climbing mm-hmm. a little bit more powerful dynamic movements, mm-hmm. but even bouldering so few, so, so few do I see um, uh, people just climbing alone while bouldering or uh, it's, it's almost people trying to figure out the puzzle together. So even in that yeah. aspect, they're just communicating constantly trying to watch somebody else do it and learn from how they're approaching a, a movement versus somebody else doing it. And then they really start to build upon it and everybody learns something in that. And, and, and that, even that, if you, if you leave that day and don't achieve that climb, you've, you've now built some, uh, an, another portion of, of, of the puzzle for all future climbs that you have now. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's funny. I remember the first time I went to Rock Ventures was probably maybe 15, 10, 15 years ago, right when I was starting in college. And like, I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a pretty strong kid. Like I work out and all that. So I'll be fine. I mm-hmm. was smoked instantly. My forearms were shot, <laughs> grip strength shot right away. It was so humbling to do that. Oh, and it's, 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 it's always so incredible um, when people first start climbing. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the forearms, the fingers are always the first things that people will mention because, um, they're just, you know, there's fighting gravity the whole time. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, especially with, uh, with being in coaching, how quickly you can fix some of that. Um, cool. over gripping is a major beginner mistake where you, you're really just holding on for dear life is what's happening on the climb. Almost and, like your anxiety. Cost, yeah, a little bit. It's a little yeah. bit. It's a little bit of anxiety where you're just grabbing onto hold and you're just cranking on it, and that mm-hmm. takes a lot of your forearms. It takes a lot of your fingers to do that over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so after your fourth or fifth climb, you're going to realize, oh my goodness, my 
my hands and my forearms are just so pumped. I like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And they're not yeah. muscles we use on a daily basis. You know, yeah, nobody's right. sitting at home opening 40 jars to, you know, just, just to keep yeah, their exactly. forearms strength going. Maybe they are now. Um, during the yeah, maybe, maybe that might be, the, that might be the case. Yeah. Um, but as soon as you, as soon as you start to understand a little bit mechanics or you work with a coach just kind of say like, Oh, you don't, like oh, you don't have to overgrip that hard. You can put a lot of weight in your legs, and your legs are a strong, strong base. And just showing them efficiency and how to move without really causing themselves to have to grip very hard. Um, that's when you really start to to experience how climbing is a is a full body workout. It takes your core to make sure that you're close to the wall and that you're balanced. It takes your legs and your calves um, to just find yourself a comfortable base, or even increase some friction on the wall along with your hands and forearms to keep, help keep you moving. But you really start to spread that out and mm. people excel in climbing so much faster. Mm. Um, and especially, especially with um, youth climbers uh, in coaching youth climbers, we really focus on not only what we call the protagonist muscles. So everything that's pulling all the climb, all the moves that you would expect while climbing, you know, doing pull-ups, yeah. things like that but also the antagonists. You always work the other side because you want them to be able to adapt their climbing style and not force their body to become used to one movement. So they can find their own style and use different movements in different ways. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it truly becomes this, this whole body workout um, after those first couple times of, of when my fingers and my forearms, I couldn't drive drive home my my hands on the steering wheel are so tight <laughs> yeah I know, I know. yeah i remember that <laughs> but you're, you're right i mean you forget about your legs honestly and even when you see other people climb it it looks like it's completely upper body and then right. what, what amazes me is i'll see like experienced climbers they'll they'll let go of everything just hang with one arm look like a monkey and they look like they're relaxed <laughs> like they could take a nap like that <laughs> yeah <Crazy>. sure <laughs> yeah and that's and that's truly just because they have found the an efficient way to move, you know, yep. um, often in coaching, I'll, I'll, I'll use, I have a picture somewhere that talks about like the, the climbing range of motion. It's really just a triangle. It's a, it's, mm -hmm. it's a triangle is the strongest shape, you know, back to the engineers and my engineers like climbing <laughs> triangle, yeah. triangles, yep. the strongest shape. So the, the wider base you can put your legs in, the less you have to really grip really hard with your hands. Mm. Um, True. and it's just not something that, at 30 feet is intuitive because mm -hmm. most of us, or at least mo most people, most people who are getting into climbing are going to not be able to think about anything, but I'm at 30 feet above the ground. And so yeah. that's, that's usually the first step is you just get comfortable moving on the tightens. wall and that yeah. grip tightens, right? And that grip, and so you just get comfortable moving on the wall. And really, uh, at least for me in coaching and especially with kids, if I'm just getting them to think about something different, so I'm getting them to think about, okay, so, you know, make your legs, make your, make your legs a triangle and make sure you make sure your body's in a triangle spot or make sure, see if you can reach your foot out and touch that hold and stand on that one. Mm -hmm. um, it's just getting to think about something else because then the height goes away and then yeah. you're not, you're not, you're not gripping really hard because you no longer have that concern. Yeah. So have you noticed either personally or with kids and adults, how, how do these skills that you're learning while climbing, how does that transfer into other areas of your life, whether it be sports activities, engineering, whatever it is. Oh, I mean, I think it's, it, it truly is this total, total body workout. Um, mm -hmm. You have the cardio aspect of just fighting gravity in a vertical plane. 
um, which is where gravity is doing its strongest stuff. So, so you're, you're not only fighting gravity in its, in its strongest way, you're moving upward. Um, but also you have to, the amount of engagement from everything that you have, from your shoulders to your back, to uh, your hands, your fingers, uh, and your forearms, and all those muscles that you just don't use in a different way, you really start to see that in other sports. Um, Ninja Warrior is a, big, a good example. Those guys are doing incredible things, and most of those guys are climbers. We actually have a lot of yeah. climbers uh, at our facility who have done competitions like that. And it's just okay. because there are so many different ways that those muscles feed into other activities. Uh, basketball is another example. Hmm. Being able to pump, being able to hold a basketball or hold a or throw a football. If you have strong, if you have a, a, a different finger strength than other people, uh, you'll notice you have different control. Uh, yeah, true. Uh, Michael Jordan was is somebody who used to comment on this a lot, where he would he said he could just control a basketball, and that was a big uh, improvement to him. And he actually oh, yeah. did, he had he had incredible finger strength that he yep. was able to just to just See those, uh, like one hand fakes. Yeah, he just you know he it was just yep. an extension of him. Um, and it was just because he had that different strength than other people. True. Um, it also really benefits a strength. You had mentioned a strength to weight ratio. That's a huge mm. benefit in climbing where if you don't have to, you, you can make that balance of you're strong enough to pull your body weight up the wall and mm-hmm. body weight exercises are something that is super beneficial. And so it's easy to train for. Um, and also it's just very rewarding because your whole body is getting, getting that workout. Mm-hmm. It's why yoga is such a, a, a big training for climbing. Um, it's holding hard positions and keeping your breath still and doing them in a yep. controlled, comfortable way. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very much like doing that with climbing, except you're you know, 10 or 15, 30, 40, 50 feet up the wall. <laughs> yeah. So another area of your expertise here is working with the adaptive athletes that you have at your gym, which I think yeah. is so cool. I mean, there there needs to be more places out there that offer programs specific to people with differing abilities like that. So, I mean, uh, simply put our adaptive climbing philosophy is that climbing is for any body. It's mm-hmm. anyone, uh, and any, and any body type or any, uh, any physical or mental hurdle that someone might be dealing with climbing is the, it is a great sport and it's, it's, just, it is just very adaptive in nature for anyone who can uh, mm-hmm. top rope climbing is is the perfect sport for uh because you, you it's one of the only sports i know where you if you fall you really don't hit the ground so you can hmm. try things differently and you can do things in a different way and yeah. um and parents definitely feel a little bit less less concerned um, yeah. because they don't have to worry about somebody uh you know taking it taking a big fall or things like that mm-hmm. um climbing also has so many mechanical advantages for adaptive climbers um <laughs> there's just different rope systems and different things that we can set up, um, to make, to make climbs a little bit easier for others. Um, I've, I've worked with climbers who are, um, who are, you know, bilateral below the leg amputees and, um, arm amputees. And there's very famous climbers, um, Tommy Caldwell is a very famous climber who's missing a finger and um, Jim Ewing and Maureen Beck are very famous climbers who have major amputees that have done unprecedented climbs that, that, that other people can't do. And and so there's just, 
there's just so many ways to adapt the sport of climbing um, for anybody that it just seems like a, it seems like a, it almost seems like a waste for people to not know it exists. And I think that's mm-hmm. so true is that people just don't know that you can't, that climbing is one of the sports you can. It's almost quickly written off. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the clients that I coach uh, in, in our adapter program, he, the first day that he came in uh, to climb with us, um, I had kind of, I had, Struck up, struck up conversation with him, and I said, "So, what made you want to do this?" And he said, "Well, I met a doc- I talked to a doctor who said I couldn't, and so I came in and signed up." And I Good was like, him. "That's that's amazing, and, and yeah. there needs to be more people like that, yeah. uh, especially to just know that it's there." Yep. Yeah. yeah, good for him. And that's what's so cool with that too is, I mean, you have someone, let's say they're in a wheelchair all day, every day, just mm-hmm. giving them the opportunity to get out of the wheelchair, use their upper body in a different way, and get their body that high off the ground that's got to be an amazing feeling oh absolutely and and our adaptive program has capabilities for wheelchair bound uh walker bound uh any 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 type of uh like i said any type of mental or physical hurdle that somebody's achieving we have a system that will work for them and we work directly with them um not only as a uh as a coaching staff but we try and really foster in that community to it where we can introduce other adaptive climbers to other adaptive climbers because the body, the, everybody is going to, every body mechanic is going to be slightly different. So nobody's going to mm-hmm. do that the same way. And that's especially true in adaptive climbing. Everybody's going to have other, other factors that are playing into it. And so they can really learn from each other and, mm-hmm. and kind of like focusing that is something that we really like to do. Do you typically have your adaptive program? Um, in a group setting or is it individual or both? It's a little of both. Yeah, it's a little of both. It certainly depends on how many, you know, if, uh, um, uh, common age groups and things like that. Uh, we want mm-hmm. people to work together who they're going to feel comfortable working together and things like that. Um, but often there'll be multiple coaches. Um, so so um, people either uh, either take turns climbing and watch or learn from other people climbing, or they have a one-on-one session with a coach so they can um, get the, get the best, whatever is best for their uh, situation. Mm-hmm. So talking a little bit more about programs, what else do you offer specifically there for kids? What type of programs do you offer? Um, I'll probably start from our most popular ones, which um, is probably our, our homeschool climb program is probably our most popular um, mm-hmm. So we have a homeschool climb program um, uh, that runs um, multiple sessions throughout the year. Um, there's a climb. There's climbing coaches that work right with that program to teach, teach kids different techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, our uh, we have a youth climbing program that runs on Saturdays uh, that runs multiple times throughout the year as well. Uh, that works with the same coaches, so the same techniques is, are getting shared all throughout all, all across that. Yeah. Um, so that kids can get used to building their abilities, uh, getting comfortable on the walls, uh, while also getting a little bit of instruction, um, just because getting those building blocks set up early uh, is really helpful uh, for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we we also run a climbing camp. Um, I'm unsure whether we'll be running that this year based <laughs> based on how summer's looking out, but yeah, I know. Um, uh, but we do run uh, school break camps throughout the years as at the year as well. Um, those are split up with all types of activities along with uh, along with the co- coaching component. Um, 
because really we we just want kids to have an active spot to do to do something that they like. Um, mm-hmm. Climbing is climbing uh, climbing is just naturally um, intriguing to them, um, and so we try and keep them as active as possible. Um, and climbing is a great way to do that. Yeah, cool. All right, well, John, thank you very much for coming on the show. Is there any uh, anything else you want to talk about before you go? Uh, I don't think so. I think I'll, I'll just give a shout out to anybody and, and say, you know, if, if you're, if you're looking to do something fun, um, feel free to check us out. Hopefully we'll open back up soon and, and get everybody active. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on. Thanks again, Brian. Good to be here.